If you are like most people and you listen to the podcast on your way to work in the morning, then you might need a little pick-me-up. And what better way to go than with a little Strike Force Energy? It tastes great and it's got zero calories and zero sugar. I've been drinking it and I'm not getting any fatter. All I got to do is uh, maybe add a little workout. Either way, it's amazing. Uh, doesn't matter what time of the day. It's great for you. It tastes amazing. Uh, more so in the morning, but whatever, each his own. If you want a little 20% discount on your complete order, when you go on there, type in FALLIN360 as your code and you will get 20% off. Remember, the code is FALLIN360. FALLIN! All right, all right. Everybody take a knee, drink some water. I know you all want to get the fuck out of here, so let's get this show started. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Farm 360. We've got a very special episode. Uh, this one kind of um, just kind of uh, popped up tonight. Uh, I got a, a special message from uh, Ron Breland, who um, we've actually been uh, going back and forth on Facebook a little bit. We know uh, a lot of the same people. A lot of the same veteran organizations. Uh, we've, uh, I believe, we've interviewed some of his friends and some of his uh, colleagues, people he's worked with as well. So I know this was something we've been wanting to do for a while. But uh, tonight, you know, I or actually I got a message earlier, and uh, I said let's talk tonight, and here we are now, and we you know the conversation was going so well that I figured let's just record this. This is a show right now. We pretty much already recorded a show. So with that being said. <laughs> Ron, um, you know, you're a veteran, uh, Desert Storm, Kosovo, uh, Mogadishu, uh, Iraq, uh, you know, you name it, and you're a volunteer, you're a, uh, a husband, you're a minister, uh, veteran, what else, what else do you do, a father, I mean, you're doing a ton of great stuff, but let's start from the beginning, because I think that's important, so I'll let you take over. I'll, how about you tell me, why did you first join the service? And then from there, tell me some of the history and some of the stuff that you've done while you were in. Well, I grew up I grew up around a lot of alcoholics. And when Desert Storm popped up, I know it doesn't sound you know relatable, but when Desert Storm popped up, it was about a bully at the end of the day. And that really, that really chafed me. It really did. So I said, I want to go. I said, I'm not having this. Just like a lot of other guys and gals did. And when I finally got through base connect, I got to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, rendezvous with Destiny, 101st Airborne. It was amazing. And it was either my fire truck or the general's desk to get on the bird to go to Desert Storm. So I missed Desert Storm by a plane ride. I was really irritated by this, okay? I, was, I felt like I'd missed my shot. Yeah. But two years later, Mogadishu came up, and I think everybody's mother told them at one point or another that there's starving children in Africa. And I'm here to tell you, Mario, they're, they're not lying. Those moms aren't lying. And I'll never say I'll mail it to them again, because, man, that's, wow, it, it, it's pretty rough. But, uh, Again, a lot of bullying, a lot of, you know, the, the, the warring clans and these, these warlords over there. There's no, you know, order or government. It's all anarchy and stuff. So, Originally, what were you doing there? 
But we originally went to feed the children, um, to feed the starving people. There was genocide going on. There was mass disease, starvation. 80% of the country had HIV. I mean, it was just massive problems on a world. I mean, I mean, the world's attention was on this place. Yeah, it was a humanitarian and mission, essentially. It was a humanitarian, yeah. It started out that way. And three weeks in, now we were getting murdered every day of the week from day one forward. So, you know, it didn't really feel so humanitarian right. at that point. But then when they said, no, this is, you know, General Adid killed the 24 uh, Pakistani peacekeepers, which eventually got the UN involved, and they sent Task Force Ranger in, and uh, a bunch of other countries joined in. And um, I'll tell you what, my, that, that experience really defined me um, in a lot of ways, because I saw how much one person could really do, how much one person could really help. And... When I, when I was over there, I kind of, I did like a lot of Joes do, and I'm not, you know, and when I use the term Joe, I mean guys and gals, I'm a brag baby, the term Joe is in my vernacular <laughs> for life, okay? Um, but, uh, you know, you see these people, and I, I, you're not supposed to, but I kind of like adopted this little girl and, you know, gave her my MREs and stuff for a couple of weeks, and... You know, the only wasn't going to let me starve, you know, so I'm not worried about it. Right. And then she was shot and killed by an Allied soldier. And that's the time that I went dark. Um, I went dark for 25 years over that because I have this little boy at home at the time, my oldest son, Gary, who's now serving in the 101st himself, by the way. Um, he's a new young E-5 just pinned his buck stripes on and he's out there kicking ass for freedom and and, and we're just ridiculous proud. Yeah, of course. Tell (laughs) him congratulations from us. Thank you, sir. And I just got a new boy, my, uh, one of my twin, uh, one of my twins, Austin, uh, has now joined and he's up at Fort Drum, New York. Oh, man. So I told him, I said, you guys just dove right into the deep end, didn't you? Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) <laughs> you're trying to, you know, get like Hawaii or Italy or Fort Jackson. No, you just dove right into the hard <laughs> stuff. You know, 18 hours and we're wheels up. So, um, I gotta say, I'm. I know that my boys are in good hands because Drum and Campbell are both within. Uh, they both fall under 18th Airborne Corps, my alma mater, and uh, I, 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 I know that they're the best. I know that they're ready. I'm proud of this generation. Um. And, you know, there's just, there's, there's so many things to this lifestyle, to this community that are just phenomenal that you just don't find anywhere else. You know, my first duty station was Fort Campbell, and now my son's there. Now my grandson's born there. You want to talk about a rendezvous with destiny? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like a picture book come to life. That's, that's pretty amazing. But, but I, I checked out, man. I went into a, a period of a, what they call emotional exile. And you were still in the military during this time as well, right? Oh, you bet I was. I had my second and third combat tour, my second marriage, and my uh, let me see, and my fourth child, my second, third, and fourth children during this whole emotional exile period. Um, and and when I say that, 
you know, people people throughout history have been in exile for one of two reasons, by choice or by conviction. And I don't really feel like it was either one, because I wasn't really in control anymore. Um, and I didn't understand what was happening. And back then, you know, you didn't look at your battle buddy for this kind of stuff. They don't keep as close an eye back then as they do, as they do now. Oh, right. And, and I'm glad they do. I mean, they're really pushing accountability hard these days, and I, and I, and I love it. Because they finally realize that we're losing troops if we don't. And it's very simple to show that you care. Go knock on the guy's barracks door, you know? If you, have, if, you know, Mario, if you don't see me on Facebook for 24 hours, I expect a phone call with you busting my chops or yeah. anybody else. Because I don't mind being accountable now. And I realize that, you know, we're all going to have those hard days. They're going to come whether you believe, you know, whether, whether you know, not it's not if, but a matter of when. Yeah, and, and you, then, all, you all heard that here. Ron's telling you guys, giving you permission to call him out if you don't hear from him. He's not on Facebook. Right. He's not sharing stuff. And, you know, and that's pretty much, uh, I think that's a great way to see it because most of us, especially if we're out there, I know that getting out there physically is important. But you know what? Even social media sometimes can be very helpful for those that can't move around or can't get to certain places. Um, there's some folks that are not as mobile as others, right? Or some that aren't ready to go meet uh, in person. So while social media, some people think that it's, uh, uh, you know, they stay away from it. I think that it can be used for good as well. So, Well, I think, I think social media, it can be a double-edged sword. I've seen it both ways. Um, I've seen lives saved. I've seen souls, you know, restored. Yeah, same here, um, same here. God, God's in the business of redemption, and I didn't always see it that way. Mario, when, when we started this little paracord deal back years ago with my daughter and I, it used to be called Airborne Ron's High Speed Paracords, and it was, it was huge. I mean, we had a radio show on Saturday, um, I had Danny Alaric call and give my, from Crunstyle, give my, my daughter a drill sergeant wake up on her birthday one day. I mean, That's hilarious. I mean, we did some really cool stuff, but it all went south because I, I just snowplowed it, man. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't, I didn't self-care. What was that? Right. You know, yeah. I don't have time to take care of me. You got to take care of everybody else. Exactly. Well, when the pendulum swings back and reality smacks you, right in the sack, you're going to be like, uh, yeah, I guess I do need to take some time for me. Um, and the example I can give there is if you've ever been so tired that you wake up and you didn't realize you fell asleep, yeah, that's because your body's shutting you down at some point. You, you can only take so much. Um, and, and that applies in a lot of areas. But, uh, yeah, I, I went through this dark time, and the only way I can really liken it to anything is... Uh, this game my kids showed me, The Sims. Yeah. I mean, these these guys can't even wipe their nose without you telling them to do it, right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, it's, they're like these mindless drones walking around. And that's what I felt like. That's exactly what I felt like. I'm like, well, I'm just here in the wind. Whatever happens, happens, and I'll just go with it. And I wasn't in the driver's seat uh, of my own life. And so you felt like one of those sim characters. 
yeah, I was just kind of going from day to day, you know, whatever. If I live, great. If I die, oh, well, no big deal. You know, I'm, here's a guy who's married with six kids saying stuff like, this is dangerous, man. This should have been a huge red flag. Right. But I BS my wife, I BS my doc, I BS everybody. But at the end of the day, I couldn't BS myself and I couldn't BS God. So, uh, you know, for people in ministry, you might, yeah, you might, you might hear me drop a cuss for every now and then. Um, but you'll also ask me, you'll, you'll also hear me ask for forgiveness because, you know, what comes out of our mouths is just as important as what goes into it. And, uh, and, and words have power and they have meaning and, you know, the, the indomitable human spirit, I really think that the warfighter nation really are God's chosen. And I'm, I'm not saying this like, you know, this isn't some kind of manifesto or some kind of crazy talk. I really believe that the depth of love that we experience as warfighters, now listen to this, this is going to blow your mind. Love got me into this. How you ask? Well, I love my fellow warfighters so much that when they got hurt or they fell, I took responsibility. It wasn't mine to take, but I did. Survivor's guilt, guys that got injured, well, I guess Ron didn't run fast enough. I guess Ron didn't shoot at the right angle or whatever. And there was always a reason to blame yourself. But I was so deep inside myself, I couldn't see anything else. And, you and when you're so, Oh, go ahead. When you're so deep in your own pain, it's really easy to not be able to see God. It's it's totally easy. And you you wouldn't have heard me ten years ago talking like this, Mario. I didn't know there was I didn't know what K Love Radio was five years ago. Well you know, my wife my wife was at the tip of the spear driving at home, man, like like a depleted uranium rod. She was only getting sharper. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know she was uh, only getting a lot of this, I was just going to say, it, it's it's due to the fact that we see this uh, in the military, or at least we used to see this, as some type of weakness. Um, if we shared our emotions, if we shared our feelings, it was considered weak to do that, right? And also, we weren't trained that way, right? You mentioned earlier, we are trained to help each other. We're here to help our comrades um, or fellow uh, veterans. And then we forget to take care of ourselves. But for those people that still believe that, that if you want to follow the soldier's creed, I'll say this. I always used to share this with people when I talk to them. It says in the soldier's creed, I will always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. That's so right. Technically, the military is telling you to not just take care of your, your fellow veterans, your equipment, but to take care of yourself too, because if you don't take care of yourself, you will never be able to help others. So to your point, you know, it's, it's important to, to talk the way you talk now, to think the way you're thinking. Well, when I, when I hear Vic say that, it's, I, I have to take pause because I, I realized that I was that guy. Number one. Okay. I was that guy. Number two, that guy's not a bad person. He's just misinformed. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, you know, 
lean not on our own understanding. Why? Because we don't know every dang thing. That's why. You have a skill set that I should only dream of having. Um, there's a, a buddy of mine, he was an Apache pilot. He survived crashing twice in Afghanistan. I want that guy to buy my next lottery ticket. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, these are amazing people that have these stories that are. These aren't just stories. These are tales of hope that help one another cope and survive this mess that we're in. And make no mistake, it's a mess. And I read the end of the book, Mario, and although we win, at the end, it does get pretty crappy between now and then. It just does. You know, I'm I'm talking about the book Revelation. Right. And uh, I hear so many Joes, and I used to be that guy, I went, oh, I'm not going to read the Bible. That stuff scares the hell out of me. You know what? It had better scare the hell out of you. Because if it scares the hell out of you, then you won't have the hell in you, and that won't, won't be where you wind up at the end of the day. You could be with the warfighter nation up in heaven, which is where you belong. Because not everybody was sent to do what we do. And I'm not saying that as, as, a, as a prideful sense. I'm saying that as a... I can't believe I'm so blessed. I'm so honored that... The God of the universe, the God of the Bible, who created everything, would choose me and you and all of our friends to do this, to have this amazing journey that we've had. And and it, and it keeps getting better. It, it's, I mean, I, I can't say enough. You, know, you get a couple of vets in the room, and you know how it is. You go into a public place or something, and we can smell our own. Oh, yeah. You can spot a vet a mile away. Oh, yeah. And usually with me, like today, okay, camo cargo shorts, my DD-214 T-shirt, and a multi-cam ball cap. Some lady asked me today, did you serve in the military? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I, I, had to, I had to put my platoon sergeant Ron voice and silence that because the sarcasm immediately came to mind, of course. Of course. Right? But see, as opposed to five, ten years ago, now Ron has filters. Yeah, some people don't know. I didn't know what filters were. I'm really glad I discovered what they are because I need them bad. I really do. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I was that guy. Oh, I don't want to read that. I didn't want to pick up the Bible because I didn't want to be accountable for what was inside of it. And I knew that nobody would know. Nobody would know. Except for me and God. And when I did that, when I surrendered to that, and I'm not sitting here trying to preach a sermon to you, Mario. I'm just telling people what worked for me. Because I survived Mogadishu. I survived Black Hawk Down, okay? That that was a, a crippling thing for me for years. I took responsibility for that. Now, and what, what part of that? Is, is it individual things? Anything specific? Or just overall? Well, let me, let me answer you in, in, a, in a fashion that I used to answer people. Hold on a second. Let me overthink this. Yeah. <laughs> because this is, this is what really happened. Okay, I was a part of a six-man firefighting team, one of four in the entire Army. We deployed to take care of the aviation assets on the ground at places that we deployed to. We already had firefighters on the ground. So I asked a volunteer, my squad leader says, sure. 
I'm called the Sergeant Major at home. Hey, yeah. Now this is Specialist Breland with three days on the job in the Army, calling the Sergeant Major at home. You know my squad that he was real happy about that, right? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> well, the next morning when we saw the first sergeant, the man who would become my father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. It oh no, you did. Yeah. Oh you did. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was tall, man. I, I could call on the map. I promise you. Oh man. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's amazing that I'm alive to talk to the phone right now. I'm sure that's so a whole story. Reasons. Yeah, that's a whole other story, I'm sure. That's, that's, that's more like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean the first sergeant follow-up part. That's what I mean. Right, he's, he's, right. Please forgive me. Right? <laughs> but uh, at the last minute, the sergeant major saved the day and said, yeah, I told him he's deploying, so send him on over. So it was one of those last minute, everybody's going to get their butt ripped. And then the senior NCO comes in and saves the day, and Ron skates out of there like I made out of gold. Didn't get touched. And then we went to Africa, and I volunteered to go, and I had a six-month-old baby at the time, Gary, my oldest son. And, you know, he's asked me this. I've had people ask me this at times. So why would you volunteer to go when you have a baby? I'm like, because my baby's home safe. He's being fed. He's going to be fat and happy like every other God willing American baby. Yeah. And these people are literally starving to death. I, I mean, you know, just how's your heart, man? You know, I mean, what's how? What's your conscience tell you? Yeah. So, so I did, and I and I paid dearly for that decision. Um with family and, and, and friends, even some tall soldiers over the years. Um, and everybody's, oh, man, you're a black hawk down. You're a ranger. No, dude, I'm not a ranger. I'm I'm just a guy trying to feed some, some hungry kids who got wrapped up a little too emotionally with one, and when she died, it tore me to pieces. And I went through another two more whole combat tours like that, just in that, that zone, you know, yeah. that, just that dead space. And I think dead space is a good term for it. I think that's a, something our people can relate to. Um, but then when I came out, I, I was in a I was in a combat trauma healing group that I host in my garage every Monday. And I've got this survivor from uh, this Marine survivor from Kason, uh, Army aviator that crashed his Apache twice. Uh, Desert Storm vet, another uh, Somalia vet. Occasionally have some other Marines stopping through when they come to your town. And we keep it open and casual like that because we want guys to feel like you don't have to come every week. If you do, that's great. But if you don't, you should be able to step in and, and step right back into where you were. And our groups, unlike a lot of others, we go through a manual, and it, it tells you, you know, hey, where was God when my battle buddy died? Where was where was God when I got shot? Where was God when that little girl got killed? You know, and it answers these questions, and it takes you through this stuff. And it's, it, you know, Mario, it takes a lot to look in the mirror and give yourself a real honest look. And it can be brutal. But again, like we were talking earlier, we never did any of this by ourselves. Why are guys trying to do it up by themselves now? It's 
and it, you know, and I, and I did it. I did it too, man. I was that guy. I thought I was original. You know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I we I we all. I was the original PTSD case, and it was like we all no, do. No one's ever done this before. Yeah, nobody anyway. nobody knows what I'm going through. This is different. I'm different. <laughs> you know, you know why we feel like nobody knows? Because we, we don't open our mouth and tell somebody. We don't, we don't talk about it. Yeah, I agree. We don't and know what pride. we don't know. And my dad told me a lesson a long time ago. He said, "Son, don't let your pride carry you, because it will." And it almost killed me. I had a gun in my mouth five years ago. I'm standing in the garage right now. Where I almost. It, it, it drives me insane to think that I ever got to that point. But it shows me that I denied my own humanity for so long. And we do that because you're super soldier, right? Right. You're tough. Hang, you know, suck it up and drive on. Take some motion, drink some water, and continue mission. And that doesn't always work. And it's okay. It doesn't mean somebody's weak. It doesn't mean somebody's incapable. It just means they need some help. And who among us hasn't needed help? Exactly. You know, and, and we're all we're all there in we're all in this together. You know, the mission isn't the spiritual battle. That goes on every day of the week, twenty four seven. So for guys and gals who think they're out of the battle just because you took your boots off, you better strap up. Yeah. I, I often used to hear uh, this statement, and I, I agree with it as well, but it was often easier to go to battle than to be here at home. Because to be here at home means you have to deal with other people, you have to deal with um, uh, bills, you have to deal with going to school, children, unexpected stuff. Oh, yeah. Overseas, and, and, you know what can happen. The worst thing that can happen is that you die, and you signed up for it. But at least you're doing the job that you signed up for. And you know what? I, I, I believe to this day, man, there's no shame in that. There's no shame dying do, doing what you love. No. And I as mean, long as you're doing it, as long as you're doing it to, to honor God, and uh, then that's all that matters. Like, uh, you know, these... <laughs> somebody... Somebody, somebody asked me a few years ago, hey, are you, the, are you the bracelet guy? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the bracelet guy. The bracelet guy. Is that I've, what been, they... I've been all, all over the world. I've had this kick-ass career, and now I've been reduced to the bracelet, the bracelet guy. guy. So, yeah, on your, on, your, um, <laughs> I, on, on, <laughs> on your business card, when we were discussing earlier some of your, your titles, the one that sticks out the most, it says, Craftsman for Christ. So I guess that's kind of where we're at right now since you brought up the whole bracelet guy. Well, <laughs> it started about 10 years ago, and my daughter, out of the mouths of babes, this little blonde, beautiful blonde, blue-eyed girl comes up and says, Daddy, show me how to make your airborne thingies. And when a paratrooper hears that, it's like, oh, honey, that's so sweet. What on God's green earth are you talking about, baby? There's so many. She's like, the bracelets. And I'm like, 550 cord? What do you want to play with that for? We did that in the field just because we were bored, you right. know? And she was homeschooled at the time, and her teacher's dad was a Vietnam vet, so she had an art project, and we mailed it in. 
And the teacher said, I'm going to mail this back to you now. And she I said, no, keep it. It's for your dad. And she had no idea. And she said, how'd you know my dad was a Vietnam vet? I said, I said, ma'am, it's my job to know. Right. <laughs> it's my job to know. I can, I can, I can sniff out a, a vet with relative ease. And I said, I want you to give that to him and tell me what he says. And she said, he didn't say anything. He cried. And then word of mouth spread. And even after airborne rods and crashing into the ground and and going offline, I was off social media for three years. I was just a ghost. Um, I even had people tell me, man, I thought you died. And nope, I'm still kicking. Um, Ten years later, we've made 16,000 paracord products, uh, bracelets, rifle slings. Uh, service dog collars and short leads for you know disabled vets. We even make rifle slings for amputees. That's pretty because, cool. I'd like to well, see it, that. You have to be able. To, yeah, it's cool. You can operate it with one hand. It's pretty neat. And then even if you have a, a prosthetic with like a hook or something, you can still you know adjust it, which is cool because you know you're already at a disadvantage. So we're just trying to make just trying to make things a little easier for for these guys. You know, right. they're still yeah, yeah. shooting and hunting, and if they're willing to get out and do stuff and 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 just be out there and live, and you know, who am I not to give them a hand? Uh, who are any of us not to give them a hand? And the other thing is, out of all those, I mean, I know it sounds like big numbers and everything, but every 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 one is a one of a kind. Because we believe that's how God made you, me, every warfighter out there. And who are we to treat them anything less than what they are, which is a one-of-a-kind creation of the God of the universe? Now, now if everybody treated everybody like that, the world would probably look like a different place. Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> I have to say this. Airborne Ron's high-speed tactical wristwear. Is the name of your? Is it a company? Is it a nonprofit? No, that that was a company. That was a daddy daughter company years ago, and that's when I crashed into the ground when that's, I was in the dark and I wasn't getting any help. That's how you. That's so. That's where you started. Is, is that not the name anymore? Because I think that's yeah. a pretty cool name. Just want to throw yeah, that out it there. <laughs> it, it was. It was. We actually changed it like like two years before we. we we, stopped, we didn't really stop it. We just changed it. And I said, you know, I got 40,000 feet of cord here in my shop. Right? If you were here right now, you you know, you would see hundreds of bracelets, hundreds of charms, tens of thousands of feet of cord of all colors. And it, the reason for that is because it, it all helps me tell a story. You know, when a vet comes over at 2 in the morning with a pistol in his hand, and says, all right, you told me to check in before I check out, so this is me checking in. Okay, well, I just had this dropped in my lap at 2 in the morning, so let's go. Yeah. So I open the garage, and I make some decaf, and we sit there and talk until the sun comes up. And then eventually, I should say inevitably, those demons do go away. And I say, go home and take a nap, buddy. I'm going to do the same and have your... Uh, have a family member come collect your pistol later on. Yeah. Love, love you later, bye. That's it. And it's just that simple because sometimes somebody needs that time, that one-on-one -on -one time at two in the morning. I'm not saying I'm that guy. I'm not saying that's what we do, but I'm saying that's what I can do now. I'm able to do that now because I'm retired. 
Yeah. Um, I like to say I'm retired from the government, but not from the warfighter nation, because that the <laughs> God, God, and the warfighter. Those, that's who I work for. Well, I'm a big believer that um, we never really stop working. People can call it retiring. Um, whatever, but I think the minute you stop working, or maybe not even working, let's call it living, because if you truly love what you do, you, you're just living life. But if you stop doing that, then that's, I think, when we truly die. I think that's you when... You have to feel like you have purpose. Yeah. You have, you have to have it. You stop motion. The more you stop, you know, uh, you know, moss does not grow on a rolling stone. So I think you have to keep moving, you know? You have to keep moving to stay alive. So, um, right. Well, out of those, we've given away thirteen thousand. The rest of them through donations and stuff. Um, but what happens is I'll give a bracelet and like I'll give you a bracelet and I'll say, look, this was made for you. The charm took between a hundred and five hundred hours to dry. The bracelet took two hours to tie. So there's been something going on behind the scenes here that you didn't even know about, and it's been all about you. And we want you to feel that special because you are that special. And it's not that everybody's special. It's like, no, it's, it's that you, you have to see your inherent value. You have to see what your real purpose is. Okay, I take my boots off. Obviously, that's not going to happen anymore when I got hurt. So guess what? It's time to move on, right? Okay, well, some people do that easier than others. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was among the others. <laughs> so, with all the stuff that you've done, I am also reading here that you've authored four books. Yes, sir. My wife and I have. It's been a it's been a great journey, and it's it's even getting better because. Um, like for example, our our third book that was actually my favorite which was Ghost Nation, um, Post-Traumatic Stress in Society. And it deals with, you know, it's, it's basically a, it's a book for the warfighter to see that, wow, I'm not alone. This guy, God, this guy published his death letter in there for crying out loud. He's letting it all hang out. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Not everybody's like that. But I did that, and it's a huge risk, and it makes me incredibly vulnerable, right, when you share that much information. But at the same time, when I have a mom call me and says, hey, you emailed me your book like a year ago, and my son was doing good, then he started to slide, and I read your book, and I learned that, hey, maybe I shouldn't say certain things to him, or maybe I should just call first and say, should I even ask this question before I trigger the hell out of my, my veteran, you know, or is this even appropriate? I tell people all the time, you call me, if you got a question, I'm the vet you call. You right. call me. I'm not going to get butthurt. I'm going to tell you straight. Don't ever let those words cross your lips again, or that's a perfectly good question, or you might want to rephrase it this way. And I'm trying to help them avoid the potholes of their own ignorance. And I don't say that in a mean way. They are ignorant to our culture and our ways. Yeah. But who's going to teach them? We have to bridge that gap. We have to. We have to take the initiative because they're not gonna. They don't know how to. Yeah. They want to take a vet to dinner and say, "Okay, I hope he, I hope it doesn't kill himself." After I took him out to, you know, the steakhouse on Friday night, I hope he feels better and he doesn't, you know, check out over the weekend. That's not the answer. That's a band aid or a hug me program, 
and there's tons of them out there. There's, there's nonprofits being run by people that have no business running nonprofits. Oh, I agree with you there, sir. There's a lot of people in the vet space that don't belong in the vet space. Um, now, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I get it. I totally get it. And they want to do some good. But, like, these stories, you know, these stories that I'm talking about in these groups, like my combat trauma healing group, that's where I fell out of it. I was like, oh, my God, it's not my fault. I mean, it was like this revelation in, my, in the middle of my garage. And we were talking about the issue of forgiveness and self-forgiveness and how important that is and how most of us struggle with that. And, you know, just like survivor's guilt or, you know, the guilt over taking a life or whatever, and people can say, I give zero Fs and I give, I don't care about anybody's feelings and whatever. You're just denying your own humanity. I've been there, bro. It doesn't end well. It really doesn't, okay? So, you know, let me, I, w- I would spare anybody of losing a quarter of a century of their life like I did. I, I don't even remember. Like, I used to be a huge Saturday Night Live fan, for example. Yeah. Back in the old days, right? Eddie Murphy, Belushi, and all them. You're talking about the good days, the good Saturday Night Live days. I'm talking about when it was good, yeah. <laughs> now, I sound like, now I sound like my dad. That ain't music. That's um, hilarious. <laughs> I That's hilarious. Well, man. But I miss, like, all this stuff. People, like, had careers and retired. And I was clueless. Music. Pop culture. I mean, just everything. I now, was, dude, didn't care about any of it. So now, why was that? Were you that closed off from the world that you just did not enjoy it? Did not care for it? Did not want to be a part of it? I, 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 at one point, before I, before I had my episode with becoming uh, uh, suicidal... I even asked my wife to tell me once. I mean, how ballsy is that? How how much gall? How much arrogance is that? My faith precludes me from killing myself, so would you mind doing me the honors? <laughs> I mean, really? Is yeah. that how ridiculous is that? I mean, I'm sitting there saying it and hearing the words come out of my mouth now and I can't believe I had the stones to say that to my wife. <laughs> I mean I'm lucky she didn't take me out just just for saying. Just for saying that, right? You're like, you know. I mean, I mean, at the very least, I mean, she's an Irish girl, man. I mean, I could have gotten such a smack. Oh you know, yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm. And now that we have kids, she's an Irish mother. So I don't know how that works. I'm not good with science, but I know it's not good on my end. Right. Yeah. If, if I'm not behaving myself. As long as you, as long as you know that you are good to go. Keep that in mind every time. But it was a dark time and I spent essentially 25 years basically indoors. I rarely left the house. If I did, it was it was either I'm 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 dead out of smokes or I'm dead out of coffee. Those are two reasons to leave the house. Right. And if I ate didn't matter. I neglected myself. Wouldn't shower for weeks at a time. I don't know how my wife lived with me, dude. I was living like like somebody who was living by themselves in the field, like an animal. And that hurts your family to see that. It, it, it hurts you. It hurts them to, to watch 
you know, you go through that. And it's, and it's not that they're angry or they're upset. They just don't understand it. And they can't understand it because no one's told them yet. And their vet doesn't understand because they're the one going through it. So they obviously need some outside perspective in order to get some help. And, like, Ghost Nation, I had an aunt call me once and say, you know, I think you really helped me from, helped save me from making some big mistakes with my vet. Because I was going down one track and I read your book. Well, my book isn't the answer, okay? The Bible's the answer. I'm just, I'm just voicing it through my experience to, to help try to guide people from making other mistakes and, I mean, taking an already bad situation and making it worse. Because that happens quite frequently, too. And I, man, one step forward, two steps back. But that's where the faith comes in. And, you know, when I explain to people, like, what each braid means or what each piece means, the colors, uh, I can use camouflage and color to help form, like, a texture or paint a picture. And, and then the charm itself. And I'm like, well, the braid, that's the strength. You have to know where your strength comes from. Mm, yeah. And then the charm, usually there's a cross on it. So like if you keep your if you keep your eye on the prize and keep that focused in the center and realize where your strength comes in, that's half the battle right there. Then you turn the bracelet around to the buckle that closes the clasp around your wrist. Well, if that clasp isn't working properly, you miss the connection and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. The bracelet or us. It goes both ways. And when hmm. I tell people that, they're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Well, what did you all think? I loved Ron's story. I can't wait for part two. That's right. This was part one of a two-part series. So tune in next week. Uh, we've actually got Helen on. Uh, that's uh, Ron's wife talking about uh, war fighter ranch and what that's going to be all about so got some great interesting stuff coming up uh check it out don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram uh you guys have a great weekend